Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Now, today is a really different kind of podcast that you're going to be listening to. In fact, we've done a little sneaky sneaky, a little benefit for you guys with a gift that keeps on giving here at TSM. And uh, we've decided to share one of our fantastic masterclasses. This came from the original version of Learn to Thrive that we filmed back in uh, the early parts of uh, of 2021 before we updated the entire course. And we thought this masterclass is so valuable, so useful that we just have to share it with the masses. So Aidan, what is the masterclass on? Uh, well, today we're talking all things creativity. We are naturally creatives in this wonderful art form. And there's a few mindsets that people have when it comes down to creativity. And, and in particular, we boiled it down to six. There are six big myths about creativity that people believe and stops them and actually shrinks their ability to be naturally creative. And essentially in this complete masterclass, we're just going to outline the six myths, absolutely debunk them. And then you're going to walk away and naturally more creative person it, it, it really feels as simple as that and that's exactly what the masterclass is designed to do there we go so without further ado let's jump straight into it now hello and welcome to week three day one it's a brand new week and that means a brand new topic and this week we're going to be focusing on everything to do with creativity as you can already guess to be quite honest creativity is something that's going to help you when you're coming up with new tricks new performances new routines new shows but it's also going to affect the way you think about your business and your structure and, and everything surrounding that, maybe even your adverts, being creative with them. But also, it's a great benefit to your, your daily life. Creativity is something which we can all do. It's something which we all need. And it's really interesting once you get your head around it. So actually, we've been quite, uh, quite creative ourselves in the way we're delivering this content today. It's a completely different style. And today, we'll Aidan, how are we delivering it today? So today is really, really important because actually, as Ashley said, creativity is everywhere. It underlies everything. If you can become more creative, the opportunities are endless. And it's so, so important. So today, what we're actually going to be doing is we're going to be unpacking the six biggest myths about creativity so that you can actually start taking action. And if you're feeling in a specific way or you believe in one of these myths yourself well we're going to give you the tools that you need to escape that myth so that you can naturally start becoming more and more creative today exactly that and before we go any further i want to ask you guys to do one specific thing i want you to grab something and i think a few of you can already see where this is going because i've been telling you to do it over the past two weeks basically every single day i want you to go and grab your notepad and your pen i want you to grab that now pause the video go and find it wherever that is and i want you to open up to a brand new page dedicated to this day week three day one on creativity now as we go through this video as we obviously explain the myths surrounding creativity 
I want you to keep a tally. If you resonate with a myth, if you believe in that myth, and if you think, yeah, that's what I've been saying to myself whenever a creative task comes up, whenever I'm asked to do some sort of creative task, if you believe in it, if you've been saying it, if you resonate with it, tick right at the top of that page, because I think it'll be really interesting coming to the end of this video and see how many, how many myths you, uh, you actually resonate with. So the first myth, let's get straight into it. Whenever you're asked to do any sort of creative task, anything, one of the biggest things that people often say is, I'm not creative. I can't do that. I can't think in that way. I'm good at this. I'm good at maths. I'm good at science. I'm good at writing. I can write a book. I can do my website, but I can't think up new ideas. I'm just not creative. It doesn't work for me. Aidan, what would you say to that? Well, I mean, first things first, everyone is creative. If you are doing those things like Ashley mentioned, well, they're already already creative projects. So you are already being creative. But for those that aren't doing those specific things that Ashley mentioned, I want you to know this. Creativity is a fundamental component of the human mind. Creativity is literally one of the founding principles of the human brain. Our brains have evolved biologically to allow us to be more creative. And that's genuinely true. Let me unpack that just a little bit. So creativity in and of itself is a trainable thing. It's a skill. It's a mindset more so than an actual sort of tangible thing. And it comes from a few different areas. But the main area is imagination. The very first stage show that I ever did was actually called Imagination Triggers the Impossible. So that just gives you a bit of context in terms of how passionate I am about all of this kind of stuff imagination is the fundamental key to creativity because at the end of the day all creativity is is just pairing different ideas and pairing different stimulus together and bringing it all together to create a new idea or a new concept or a new thought or something like that and you can only really do that if you're capable of imagining those different things and i said that psychology and biologically we've evolved to allow that well, there's a rather large chunk of our brain right behind our forehead called the prefrontal cortex. And that prefrontal cortex is responsible for imagination and the, the active thinking. It's, it's what it's there for. That's, that is one of the jobs of the prefrontal cortex. So imagination is literally part of your brain. And if you can use your imagination wisely, then you're going to go a lot further with the whole process of creativity. There's a lot of movies out there that suggest that if you take a specific tablet, you can unlock 100% of your mind and you can access more power than ever before. And again, we know they're only movies, but the reality is that you can access more of your mind by accessing less of your brain. See, when you're actually going into a more creative state, perhaps a state of flow, for example, and again, you can go do some research on that and we'll cover it at some point else in the course, I'm sure. But the idea here is that you're actually going to shut off elements of your brain in creativity and when you're in this sort of flow state you actually tone down many areas of your brain and quiet the voice up inside of your head that's going the full alert with as many different pieces of information as possible and this is actually known as transient hypofrontality a big word i know don't worry about the spelling but the idea is that you're quieting down the brain's functions and actually focusing and streamlining it so that your prefrontal cortex is actually working in the right way to the right aspect. So that when you're pulling all this information together, e.g. being creative, 
your brain is much more streamlined and it's just doing it quicker. Now, a really, really great book to actually, I'm going to recommend it here. We've mentioned Scott Barry Kaufman previously last week and his book Transcend, but another book of his is actually known as Wired to Create. And this is quite simply the 10 things that great artists actually do when they're practicing creativity. Because remember, it is a trainable skill. You can actually take these 10 different things, start doing them, and you'll find ways to be more and more creative. So for example, if you want to actually get into a, a sort of slight state of microflow, for example, well, you could simply go for a walk, maybe 20, 30, 40 minutes, and you actually quiet the voice down up in your head and actually go into an exercise-induced transient hypofrontality. So this is essentially you can hack your brain to become naturally more alert and more creative just by going on some light walk for an extended period of time. But that's it. Really, creativity, if you get nothing else from this point, creativity is psychologically available to you. That's the way the brain has evolved and developed. And you literally can just train yourself to be more creative. So basically, you're saying people cannot say, I am not creative, because if they say that, essentially, all they've got to do is train it up. It's like saying... I can't write. I can't juggle. I can't do maths. It's something you can learn, something you can train up. And if that's the case, anyone can do it. And it's easy to do, right? For some people, it might be a little bit more tricky than others. But the idea is the same. It's once you understand what creativity is and how it kind of works. Well, yeah, there's nothing stopping you from going and being creative. Okay. So then that probably leads me on to to the next thing. And, and it's fascinating that you say the mind's always working on stuff. And and I think this is uh, this is what people often assume with creativity. It's that, well, the mind's always working on it. So creativity is spontaneous. It's often another myth that comes up. Creativity is spontaneous. What would you say about that? Creativity is really interesting because I think we can all admit that there have been times where we've been doing something completely different and all of a sudden, pop, an idea jumps into our head. Heck, I was in a meeting a couple of years ago and genuinely in the meeting, all of a sudden, a full 30 minute extended stage routine, fully fleshed out, just popped into my head. And I was scribbling frantically on the back of a notepad like, oh, my God, I can't I can't forget about this. It felt spontaneous. But that's the trick. It can feel spontaneous, but that's only a small element of the wider puzzle. You see, in the book, The Art of Thought by Graham Wallace, he actually outlined a four stage model of creativity. And that's actually that there are four key elements and stages that you go through in order to have an idea and actually have a creative idea. So to break those down, the first is actually the preparation period. And in this period, all you're doing is you're acquiring your information, you're scooping it all up. And this could be as little as a short amount of time that you give yourself. Maybe if you're doing a, a 30 minute challenge, a teamwork challenge, and you've got a certain amount of information in front of you, maybe that's the information acquiring stage. That's the preparation stage. This could be much, much longer. So this could be even as long as your entertainment career, as soon as you've been interested in all of this stuff in magic and mentalism you've been acquiring methods and principles and premises and all of this kind of stuff well this is all part of the preparation stage part number two is actually the incubation stage and this is where the feeling of spontaneity actually comes in because this is simply where you just distract yourself you just move away from the actual creative ideas. You stop acquiring information, you stop thinking about it, you go elsewhere and you do something else to take your mind off of it. For example, that could be going out for a, a walk. That could be 
simply nipping to the bathroom sometimes. That could literally be just making a meal. So long as you give yourself this sort of time frame, that's going to be really, really powerful. And Albert Einstein actually coined this idea as combinatory play. But again, in a movie, movie series, I think it was called MacGyver. This principle was really outlined and it's now commonly known as the MacGyver effect for most people. Part number three is illumination. Illumination is actually the sort of popping of the idea. That's where that happens. It pops and that's the illumination. So you've got this incubation period where it all sort of takes your mind away and then pop illumination. The idea is there. Finally, we have verification. Verification is quite simply, ah, oh, I've had the idea. Let me think about it. Let me jot it down. Let me flesh it out and make it a bit more tangible so that I can share it with other people. And that's it. Four stages. And this sort of model has been critiqued a little bit over the years in that it's very sort of processy of something that feels a lot more sort of non-scientific. It can't be boiled down that simply. But I think it's a really powerful four stages to actually understand when you're thinking about creativity. It's a really good foundation in terms of maybe one of the ways that creativity actually works. I think it really sums up kind of like the reasons why a lot of entertainers that I speak to and including myself, we, we go for a shower and like you say, go on a walk or literally nip to the toilet and we come back after nipping to the loo and go, oh, I, I have an idea for that routine and it feels weird. But it almost links into the previous point about you saying the mind is always working on imagination and therefore creativity. And when you allow your brain to shut off, the mind works a little bit more and by almost taking that break and going for a shower the toilet or even a walk or whatever you're shutting off from the work you're letting your brain almost go into that autopilot and you're letting the imagination work and therefore the idea pieces together and bingo right exactly like that it's really really important to realize that half of the game of creativity is actually not forcing an idea it can sometimes just culminate together and pop into place your subconscious is far more powerful than you give it credit for okay so i understand all of this now and i know that everyone watching will understand this aiden and we understand that creativity is trainable the idea that it seems spontaneous yes it feels spontaneous but there's a whole process behind it and you're letting your mind work on it in the background through the process called combinatory play more recent years known as the macgyver effect so we understand all of that and we understand how to get it to work there. But, and this is a big but, Aidan, the third myth that I'm going to bring up is where people just say, I'm not an original thinker. I know I speak to a lot of magicians in this field and they say, well, I, I don't come up with my own routines because I'm not one of those creatives. I'm not an original thinker. Therefore, it's just easier if I buy tricks off the shelf and, and do them as as they are with the routines combined because I'm playing to my strength. I'm a performer. I'm not an original thinker. This is frustrating. Everybody is an original thinker. Everybody is an original thinker because no one else has your brain. No one else has your brain. No one else has control of your mind. No one else can see things the way that you can because you're the only one that has ever seen it that way. Sure, we might have similar experiences. Sure, we might have similar understandings or beliefs about certain things. But are we going to be able to say it's exactly the same or in the exact same way? No. Are we going to be able to do that in 
20 years, 100 years, if if maybe we can even plug our brains in like the matrix to understand everything, are we going to be able to understand each other then? Probably not. No, because it's so subjective. You are an original thinker because you have that full control over your thoughts. It's crazy. So I recently watched a Netflix documentary called The Creative Brain, and it was presented by the neuroscientist David Eagleman. He's got a fantastic book called Live Wired. I'd highly recommend that as well. But the entire documentary itself was actually unpacking creativity and exploring what creatives understand of creativity and all of the stuff that we're talking about here. But one of the guests, Michael Chabon, he's a phenomenal writer. Uh, he's won a Pulitzer Prize so much stuff that he's done, which is really, really phenomenal. But he said something and it struck me because it's about originality. And I'm, I'm going to read you his quote right now. Originality is nonsense. It is the play with convention that originality arises. It's not the rejection of convention. So what we mean by that is that rather than trying to be original and do what other people aren't doing, it's actually much easier to be more creative by looking at what people are doing and playing with that. Play around with different ideas and playing actually with what is conventionally given. Maybe there's a specific way of presenting a certain type of trick in the magic industry, but there's also a, another type of trick and you really like the presentation for that. Can you, can you start playing with what other people are already doing and, and adapting that and tweaking that? There's a reason that earlier in this course, we actually asked you to get your passions based on your curiosities. And this is playing at conventional norms. These are things that other people might be curious about as well. But you're tying it all up to create something that is based off of the normal convention, but it's subject to you and it's creative and it's good enough for you. This is a really big thing. And I think what we're trying to get at here is that you shouldn't be trying to be original by doing what other people aren't doing. That might be a good thought experiment, but if you go your entire life trying to look at what other people aren't doing, well, everybody's doing everything. So after a certain amount of time, you're going to find somebody who's already doing that thing, and then you're going to have to find something new. And again, you're just playing a losing game here. But instead, what you can do is start looking at what people are doing, play on what people are doing, adjust what people are doing. Because remember, creativity is just exploring different pieces of information. Use that to your advantage. And remember, you, you are an original thinker. You've got your own life experiences, your own thought patterns, your own thought processes. Why not use your life as a perfect lens for all of the outcome that you put in magic and in your life and everything else? Use your own experiences and your understanding of the world and yourself and your life and all of these things as a filtering mechanism. Because that's when you're going to become original. Because you're just doing what everyone else is, but your way. And you're going to look more original, even though it might not feel like that at this point. I think one of the biggest things I actually take from that is the fact that you can use your existing tricks. You can take all of these things and you can combine one thing from one trick, another thing from another trick and another thing from another trick and start using the information and the collection of things, effects and gimmicks that you already have, which will in turn create something new. The fact that You've almost made that process of being original and being a bit creative with with obviously your effects in this example. And you've made it easier because you're basing it on the knowledge that you've already got and what's on your shelf. And, and that's a real interesting thing that I've taken from that point there, Adam. 
It's such a profound thing. I think we all see creativity as originality. We kind of see them as like hand in hand, like you can't be original without being creative. And at the same time, you can't be creative without being original. So we kind of chase the wrong thing. We chase the originality when actually that's causing problems. And I know from my experience, I've tried to be original too much and it's burnt me out. And I've left left myself feeling a little bit upset because I know I'm a creative person and I just didn't get the results, but it actually turns out that I was just chasing the wrong thing. Now, the fourth myth I want to bring up is actually something that I've noticed people say. Often people say, I can't be creative because, and then they list obstacle, 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 obstacle. For example, I can't be creative because I don't have the money to invest in this stuff. I can't be creative because I can't use playing cards and I want to come up with playing card tricks. I can't be creative because the situations I perform in don't allow for it. I can't be creative because the material I have just works and I'm scared to go away. What, whatever, you get the point. Like people start to list obstacles. Whenever they're greeted by this, they go, I can't be creative because, and they list obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. And it's almost like they're getting away from it. Aiden, I'm going to ask you again to shed some light on this old myth. What would you say to the people that say that? I mean, first things first, you're making an excuse. You're making an excuse with no reason. And let me explain why. By actually, and it's going to work exactly the same as the brain, by giving yourself more or less in this case, giving yourself less freedom, you actually allow yourself to get more creative with what you've got. Maybe you want to do a card trick in a specific situation, but all of your ideas just don't work because you only have a gimmick deck that people can't handle. Okay. Think up another way around it. Think up another opportunity to escape this situation. Give yourself these constraints even. If you don't have them already and it's like you're going to do a stage show in your space and you can do whatever the heck you want, you're going to have to give yourself some limitations because that can actually really unpack so much potential. You see, creativity isn't just about using everything in the world to make something Creativity is about using everything in the world to create something that works in a specific way and actually provides a level of not just value, but actual output. And you can put this in the context of a trick. You can put this in something much bigger. But the idea here is that you're actually you're going to train your brain to move away from the path of least resistance, because that's exactly where we're going to go. We're going to chase the path of least resistance. Why? Because that's a safety mechanism inside our heads. We do the easiest thing. We do what's just simplest and, and we're most commonly used to. And that's why when people try and do a little bit of creativity and they try and force some creativity, it just doesn't work because it goes against the norm. So in order to make the most out of this, you have to step outside of your comfort zone. You have to explore the unknown. You have to learn new things about different areas. You cannot afford to go into a full specialist of a specific subject because then you actually run the risk of knowing absolutely everything about absolutely nothing. You can't be so specific. You need to be looking everywhere. Some of the greatest inventions of humankind have literally come from a principle taken wildly out of context. So the long story short is actually stop giving yourself these unnecessary excuses and actually just work with what you've got. And if you don't have these limitations, try putting them in place. Actually, there's another element to actually character as well. 
which I know we're going to talk about in the performance week, but could you perhaps shed a little bit of light on that? Yeah. So as you guys know, character is something I'm really passionate about. And I speak to a lot of people about character and I say, what do you want to do? How do you want to perform? How do you want to present these tricks? And they go, oh, I, I don't know. And I think the problem arises is because there's a million on different one ways to present a trick. There's a million and one ways of presenting your character and doing things. So it becomes easy when you start to apply restrictions. What don't you want to do? Because then you're niching down, you're narrowing it down, you're you're getting used to all the all the faff that you don't want, so you can ignore it. So that no longer you've basically got a list of a million and one different things. You've you said, I don't want to do it in this situation, I don't want to do it in this situation, I don't want to present it like this, I don't want to do this trick, blah, 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 blah. You've gone all the way down. So instead of having a list of a million and one different things, you've got a list of about 20 or 50 things. And you guys actually already know that combining those lists of a few things together is is a lot easier than just combining a list of everything, right? Because you can start to see connections and you can start to build up those connections. And this is one of the processes I use when developing character, working backwards. Instead of what do you want to do, what don't you want to do? And then you can work from it. I actually remember an example of uh, of when i was younger uh, when i was a kid speaking to uh, angelo carbone if you don't know him fantastic magician and i like him because he's such an original and creative thinker the way he can generate new ideas is fascinating and he says this exact thing he says he doesn't start thinking what what he wants to do he kind of starts thinking what don't i want to do he restricts himself down so that he doesn't have this massive list going on this list which will confuse them he has a list of very very few things so that like i said he can build connections when we was younger he gave us an exercise for this and he said i want you to actually develop a trick i want you to develop a trick right now it's not going to take you weeks it's not going to take you months it's not going to take you years most people it's going to take you 10 or 20 minutes because you're going to restrict and niche yourself down and and he roused for a really great exercise he said I've got these these three hats with folded pieces of paper in. One's a plot, one's a method, and one's a prop. And we had to reach him and pick one from each. And, and we picked out a plot, levitation, method, air pump, and I think a prop, a mirror. And we had to combine that together to build a trick. And we did it in 10 or 20 minutes. And it was easy. And the reason why it was easy was because of everything I've just said. We restricted ourselves down. We knew exactly what we was playing with now. And we only had a few ideas to jumble together. And it just made it so much more easy for us. So I often think that instead of thinking, what do you want to do? Think, what don't you want to do? And then it will just be easier to work forward. And you'll come up with some really interesting things and ideas when going through any sort of creative process by changes in the way you kind of think about this stuff this is a really really fundamental thought and actually we're going to explore this a lot more in the context of a trick tomorrow but what you're saying there ashley is actually really enhancing the power of these limitations they can actually be your greatest strength especially if you've already got obstacles in the way anyway well yeah exactly that and you know the past four points we've shared the strategies the methods and the tips and the techniques that you guys can use to get these myths out of your head get these restrictions out of your head and understand that you can be creative anyone can be creative because it's something we're all built to do is something we can train and there's some interesting things which we've already shared to show you exactly how to do it 
And this brings me on to myth number five, Aidan. When you've got this far, when you understand how to do it, you generate these new ideas. Often it can come across in your head and you think, what happens if people don't like my ideas? What happens if people don't like my ideas? What do you do then? I mean, you're right. People probably won't like your ideas. But why are you letting that bother you? Like, seriously, why why are you worried about what other people think of your ideas? Sure, it might be important and it, it might be important. I mean, obviously, there's no point in creating a routine to perform for, for lay people that have never met you and they actually, everyone dislikes it. I mean, sure, that's a problem. But why are you letting that be the judging factor on your creativity? You see, what's really, really important is that actually when you're creating these new ideas, you've got to be mindful of who you're creating it for. For example, I could think of the most amazing card trick for a stage performer. Chances of a close-up coin performer, they're not going to like it. It might not be for them, but at the end of the day, it's not for them. So this is really understanding, actually, almost like the who of creativity, because this is your ideas. And the mind actually loves novelty and it loves new ideas and it loves pushing the boundaries of what it is that's already there. And this is one of the ways that you can start becoming more creative, push the boundaries, create brand new ideas and look at brand new thoughts and, and concepts. But be aware that when you start doing that, because it goes against the grain, it goes against what people are so familiar or so comfortable with. Well, you're likely to get a little bit of resistance. Sometimes you might even get a lot of resistance, but you shouldn't let that bother you or impact or or it shouldn't even be a myth. It shouldn't even be a myth. Just let that sink in for a second. People not liking your ideas. It doesn't matter. You see, we get obsessive over the tiniest little details. We become so obsessed with this one line of script for our show we get so obsessed with this one particular piece of sleight of hand that when we show other people and they just don't care it doesn't matter you see what's really important is that when you've got this deep attachment to your ideas you are prepared to let them go at the same time it's good to be obsessive over your ideas and it's great to be attached to these ideas because it shows that they're worth something to you but the director of HBO's Game of Thrones, again, we're not going to talk about season eight at all because obvious reasons, but he, he said something and he was in this documentary as well, The Creative Brain. But he said something there that really struck me. And it's the idea that if other people don't like his ideas or if he doesn't like his ideas and he doesn't like himself. And he actually tied his output and his creative ideas to his self-worth, which is perhaps one of the worst things that you can do because you know that other people won't like your ideas. You throw an idea out there and if people dislike you and you've coined it to your self-worth, well, by default, people don't like you and you don't like you because you're doing things that other people do. It's a horrendous cycle if you end up getting caught on that. So you really have to be prepared to, for lack of a, a better phrase, you really have to be prepared to kill your babies. Exactly like Dan Sperry said in, in his podcast with us. So people won't like your ideas. Okay. And what? Remember the other day, we actually trained you up in failure and understanding failure, seeing it as more of an inconvenience now. And just know that even though it might not be the best idea, it is an idea. Write down all ideas, every single one, because you never know when something is going to click. Remember, 
this bad idea could actually be part of the information acquiring phase for a later thought. And that could be really, really good in and of itself. Just don't weigh other people's opinions and other people's sort of ideas and, and coin that to your creativity. Just understand, respect what they're saying, but don't let it negate what you're capable of. Yeah, so often this can really be a, a limiting factor to, to really a lot of things. But getting over this will unlock so much of your own creative potential. <laughs> but there's still one more myth, Adam, and it's a big one. And I know some of you right now are going to be watching this and thinking the exact same thing. I don't need to be creative. Point number six, myth number six, I don't need to be creative. Why as a magician, why as an entertainer, do we need to be creative in a world where we can literally hop on any single magic site, buy routines, tricks, performances, we can literally buy ways of running a business. We can have everything automated to do the entire process. You could be sat there right now, and I know some of you will be, and thinking, oh, I don't need this week. I don't need to be creative. Aiden, the last time I'm going to pass this over to you. Why is this way of thinking a myth? Let's tie this back to point one. Earlier on, we spoke about creativity and actually explained what it is. It's a trainable skill set and a mindset. You must be creative in order to generate a level of output that is good enough for you. And studies have been showing that creativity is one of the biggest contributing factors, not only to self, uh, like self-love and self-growth, self but it's also so, so important for your levels of happiness as well. If you're not able to exercise your own thought processes, because that's, remember, that's literally what creativity is. If you're not able to exercise your own thought processes, well, who is? What is? Really, if you're, if you're stopping yourself from giving yourself the opportunity to do what your brain does naturally by default anyway, all you need to do is just take control of it and own it. If you don't want to do that, what's what's the point really like I, it's really hard to sort of justify in any other way than just there's a reason that performers entertainers artists musicians all of those there's a reason that we get called creatives regardless of whether we design the tricks ourselves or not we are creatives and we need to play to that you know there was something else that really struck me not only is there a ton of research out there correlating creativity to overall fulfillment, satisfaction, it's almost like a superpower for a super healing agent, if you like. But there was a specific piece of evidence that really struck me. And it was about a school. And again, this was from the creative brain that I heard about this. Again, fantastic documentary. I cannot recommend it more. But there was something in there that really just stood out. There was a school. And it was a wasn't performing sort of very well it was over in the states it wasn't performing great and it was about to get shut down so they knew they had to do something radically different to mix things up and get the education back on track so what they did is they actually put creativity and the arts as the backbone for every single subject they taught not just performing and, and the actual art not only were these put in place but in mathematics they actually started studying mathematics and things like angles from an abstract design 
There was colours, there was shapes, there was angles, there was numbers, all of these different things. And although that might sound absolutely pointless, like how the heck am I going to learn this formula by looking at a bunch of colours and pretty pictures on the wall? But just think about how this works in terms of a learning perspective, because not everybody learns the same. Some people are visual learners. Some people are more good at the uh, sort of the analytical stuff. Some people are a mix between and some are completely different. But by giving the students this opportunity to play and learn in a more creative way than everyone doing the same thing, it actually skyrocketed the grades. It skyrocketed the performance and it absolutely skyrocketed the overall school's reputation to the point that when the documentary was being filmed, there was 80 plus students on a wait list. It's gone from people being dropped out because it was just so bad to one of the most in-demand schools in the area simply because they changed the way they teach and it became transformative. Think, you probably can't remember how well you did or what was in the subjects, uh, the, the specific tests in the subjects when you were back young, but you sure as heck might be able to remember how you learned. You might be able to remember, and these are the stories, like you might be able to remember these things and the processes involved because that's shaped who you are today. The maths formula, hell no. But the way you learned that maths formula, yes. Creativity changes your brain. It changes your brain. It changes your mindset. It changes the way you understand yourself. And it changes the way that you see the world around you. If you're sat there right now thinking, oh, I don't need to be creative. I will be brutally honest and say that you are wrong. Make sure that you're being more creative. And this week, we're going to train you how. Don't worry. It's not as scary as it sounds, but it is as important as it sounds. Well, I just really hope that this video today solidifies that it's so important. It gives you an understanding of why it's important to be creative. And it also gives you the knowledge and the understanding that you too are creative and you can be creative. It's something you can train. There's tips and methods that you can put in place to maximize your own creativity. So there we go, a wealth of information, a complete masterclass on creativity to get you back on track and realizing your own creative potential. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group, and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group, and the magic of the internet will take you straight there. Or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. 
Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.